Alright, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We've got the NIA boys here today, Jack Butcher, Bilal Zaidi, and Trung Fan. Fan, how you feeling, mate? You had a rough night, sounds like. Well, let the NIA listeners know what's going on here. This is called fan service. Fanergy. Fanergy. My kid, uh, it's, it's, it's flu season. Everybody knows this. And the kids always go down. The kid, you, uh, Jack knows this. Uh, he's got a kid. You know when the kid starts coughing and you're like, oh my God. You're like, okay, you're already putting in the clock. I'm going to have a cough in the next 48 hours. But that's how it always goes. The kid's ear hurts. My ear's going to hurt in 48 hours. Here we go. <laughs> that's, that's the name of the game, right? It's been going around, um, man. It's all good, man. Didn't get a lot of sleep. It don't matter because I'm heavily caffeinated right he's now. He's got the Red Bull popping off yeah, straight fucking, to the veins. I all actually right, moved boys. to... I actually moved to black tea for today. Like oh, a real hard black down? tea. Yeah. Well, no, it's because I, I didn't have time to get Red Bull. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was like dronesing. I'm like, I need <laughs> caffeine. I'm like, I'm like, uh, we don't have coffee right now. So I'm like, just give me as much black uh, tea as possible. I went to a dentist yesterday. They told me I need to calm down on the coffee too, mate. They're just like, you're, you're taking mm. too much to the teeth. What, your teeth? calm it down. No, 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 I'm joking. Oh, but they weren't telling son. me. And I was like, mate, I have cappuccinos. I'm European. Like, it's not even that bad. All right, let's talk about <laughs> what we're chatting about today. We still got the World Cup going. So we're going to talk about Trung fan jumping on the bandwagon, the Moroccan fan. All of a sudden, we got Trung, <laughs> the Moroccan fan here. SPF, there's some new updates. He's actually been arrested now. Things are really popping off there again. We're going to do a quick update there. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, we're wrapping up the year, so we're going to talk about the best things we've seen this year. Um, and also looking forward to the new Avatar film um, and why it's supposed to be the biggest film ever or something like that. So, Trunk, tell us about the World Cup, mate. It's been a crazy few days. All of our teams, I mean, Brazil are out, England are out. Um, well, my nickname yeah. used to be Fanwagon. So, like, back <laughs> in the day, sure enough, well, Trunk fans always cheering towards the end of any of sporting tournament because suddenly that team that makes it to the final have you always referred to yourself in the third person no <laughs> i got called out as fan wagon like for one time like i was cheering for the suddenly i became a st louis rams fan in the late 90s and when they had that sick team with kurt warner and marshall falk and everybody started calling me fan wagon um but yeah i'm not fan wagoning too hard now i wanted brazil to win they lost but that's a fan wagon move but morocco wanted, morocco yeah, now, bringing I, the heat though well, the so joke far. I had with uh, with these guys was uh, I just went on Amazon and ordered a Morocco, France, Croatia, and Argentina jersey. Just whatever happens is uh, that jersey is the one I want to be wearing over the weekend. It's coming let me, out on Twitter. Let me talk to you guys though. So big, big L, England, France. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Jack, is it too too soon, mate, or what? How are you feeling? Were you no, invested? I mean, it, Were you invested? Of course, yeah, always invested. Okay, okay, okay. Not surprised, but I was invested. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunate way to go out. I feel, played, like played, I feel like we deserved it. I feel like we deserve to win. I agree. I'm not just saying that. They played great. But, uh, mate, fate did not fall our way on Harry that day. Kane. I was saying uh, to my friends I was watching with, I hate France so much because <laughs> they made me cheer for England. <laughs> you assholes made me cheer for the English. Dude, the English team is not a good-looking team. <laughs> Well, I mean, you also compare it to Olivia Giroud, who is like the most beautiful man in football. So, oh, you're talking like actually, actually aesthetic. Like, that- like literally, like every yeah, yeah. player that they did a close up on, I'm like, I've seen this guy at a bar at like three in the morning, like just like. <laughs> but yeah, look, you're talking dude, about the- Harry Maguire there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, the Olivia, the Olivia, uh, dude, like good looking cat, man, and and man, what a goal he. 
Blah, you didn't even know. Well, how do you feel? I mean, he's a, he's a, he made his name at Arsenal, that guy. Yeah. He was, a fun fact is he only played in the French League first division, I think, when he was 24 years old. Something correct, which is really late, like for uh, oh, which oh, is so he wasn't like a teenage uh, yeah, yeah, star. No, he was, Ian, he was Wright, Ian Wright style. Ian Wright, exactly. Yeah, Crystal Palace. He came. Um, so I think Olivier Giroud was playing in the third or fourth division of the French league, which That's is already mental, like a tier man. three what league. A and yeah, now he's and the all-time highest scorer yeah. for France. This guy gets Ahead so much of butt. Thierry Henry, <laughs> which is yeah. I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, you he's think this guy it. pays for a meal in Paris? <laughs> This guy's just rolling around. People throwing meals at him. You know, ladies throwing certain other things, whatever. He's I'm living not going to get into life. it. Um, married man. He's a married you know, man. Oh, he's a married but, man. Okay, well, he got enough. busted a couple of times too. So, okay. uh, yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> that. But I will say, no, I, I was I was kind of randomly still happy for him. Even though obviously England, I was very disappointed. But, yeah, we kind of, we weren't expecting to win. And I think overall we were kind of, it was just disappointing because it, and on another day we would have made it through. Like the, we would have scored a penalty. You guys outplayed them. You guys outplayed them. Yeah, we friends. outplayed them. And Harry, even though we got two penalties, Bukayo Saka was getting taken down every two minutes. So anyway, for the non-football fans, we can move well, on. For the non-football on, fans, I have a good psychology thing you appreciate. So you know how uh, uh, penalties, uh, penalty, PKs. So apparently there's two things I'll say about penalty kicks. Uh, three things actually. Number one is this. The best theory I heard about PKs, because people hate how like kind of anticlimactic it is in a way, where like you win a World Cup on penalty kicks, it's kind of ridiculous, right? They're saying you should do the penalty kicks. The coin flip almost, right? Yeah. Like the, it doesn't feel like do you the deserved penalty it fully. kicks before the game, and then <laughs> no, no, but that means if ridiculous. it hits extra time, <laughs> the fuck is saying you that? just play it. <laughs> no, but listen, <laughs> that's so funny. Hold on, hold on. You that's do a, I call it like game. that's a psychological nightmare, Trung. What if you no, fuck the penalties up? No, but then now you go to extra time. Whoever won the PKs. I know what you're suggesting. Team, I just think it's terrible. That's you, okay, hilarious, You think it's dude. terrible? That's you know, so yeah, funny. If you lose, if you, like, <laughs> you go into the first minute knowing you've lost if you draw. That means yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to play yeah. for the win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Wait, I, I think a better wait, uh, hold example. Wait, are we not? Are we can't Why not flip a coin then? Okay, uh, Wait, enough. Trump, you know in ice hockey how you guys do, what's it called? Uh, like your penalty is you dribble. Oh, yeah, power play. Or you power skate. Play. Power play, you dri- <laughs> like the equivalent of dribbling and then yeah. scoring. That would actually be quite fun. I've seen that in some <laughs> oh, sort of... Um, okay. Oh, oh, oh. That's Where you start fun. from half and you got to go all the way. Yeah, sure. you got one player against half. you. Okay, yeah, yeah, that one would player be against the keeper. defender on the goal okay. line, one player at the halfway. Okay, you, you know what? My idea is dumb as shit. The, the penalty shot, I like that. Okay, second thing. I read a research uh, where they said the best way to go is just straight down the middle. If you look at all, if you aggregate all the penalty kicks, just go straight down the middle. I don't know what percentage that is, but that's just saying like the best odds. Wasn't this Morocco too? Because it's like when you start to think about what that does to the keeper, as soon as you put two down the middle, the keeper's just like, oh my God, I'm going to stand in the middle now. It's like a really, they they did such a great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the beautiful, well, not beautiful for you guys, so Harry Kane, over the weekend, for people who didn't watch or don't care, he uh, scored one penalty kick in a 2-1 loss. But You're he had a in, second. Right. No, but I'm saying he had a second <laughs> yeah, no, no. in the 87th minute to tie the game. This is what somebody tweeted out, unconfirmed fan, but they said apparently before every game, Harry Kane visualizes where he's going to put a penalty kick. But yeah, he that's only true. Does he, he chooses... One- 
Oh, I thought no, no, I've heard him say he does both, but that could be. Oh, so I heard he only did one. So like when he came up the second time, he's like, I've already used he my just, bullet. Yeah, he's used <laughs> his brain power up. That's an awful kick. Anyway, we don't need to get into it. It looked uh, like a conversion in rugby, mate. It looked yes. like one of those American football kicks. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was a tough, it was it. a tough loss. But yeah, I think yeah, onwards, onwards. Now we got a. Uh, Couple games left. By Messi, the time this let's comes just, out, by the time tell Messi will have won the World Cup. There we go. Exactly. So, okay. uh, all right. So, Trung, what's going on with SBF, man? I'm gonna do a semi, like a, a little meme in a week, but it's not actually a meme. I'm just gonna read out your recent tweet because this is all happening live today. Yeah. This. So quick. So this is, has uh, been I'll catching say, strays. Yeah, I'll tell what, what's happened. What has happened, and then I want Bilal to say what what it is. So John J Ray is the bankruptcy CEO for FTX. He did Enron previously. And uh, about a month ago, he said that FTX is the worst thing he's ever seen. What do you so think he's think doing between that? these gigs, by the way? He's just sitting and waiting. <laughs> What's I, in the well, World Cup, man? I, oh, I tried to look. Bro, I tried to look into it. He is like the World Cup. He shows up every four years. Yeah. <laughs> shows up every four years for the World Cup of financial shenanigans. No, he runs a restructuring firm. Uh, all right, all right. But uh, I can give a little bit more background on him because he's actually a super fascinating guy. But anyways, he's doing a congressional hearing right now. The SBF was supposed to show up at, but SBF obviously is uh, was arrested in the Bahamas yesterday. So Bala, can you read out the tweet that came uh, from this congressional hearing? All right. So this is Trung's tweet. It said, QuickBooks marketing Slack channel must be wild enough to catch an Australian in the FTS congressional hearing. And this is the quote. They use QuickBooks, a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. Nothing against QuickBooks. A very nice tool, but not for a billion dollar company, which is also like Wait. the, but the Wait. key phrase there is a very nice tool. No, That's like, let me ask you guys, God. if you're, you worked in this, if you're in the marketing department, of uh, Uno, are you feeling like you caught a stray here, or are you like? Yeah, Wait, but they need to lean said, into it. They need to create yeah. an ad saying a very nice tool yeah, now, like a very nice tool. But and QuickBooks Jack, what would is you meant do for with small that? businesses, Jack, right? Jack, I feel like small... Jack's got some advertising announced on this. Jack, what, you what would do you do on the day? Well, yeah, like, yeah just do? using what is that? Would you just ignore it, or would you like lean into no, the you joke got, a little bit? You definitely got to use it. You definitely yeah. got to use it. It's just like. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know enough about QuickBooks to know exactly how to respond. Like, what is their biggest customer, or how 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 high they go up the totem pole oh, yeah. of financial complexity? That would be that would inform how I would respond to it. But you they use definitely it though, right? should use it. Free media, you use, baby. You use I use QuickBooks. it as well. Yeah. Okay, so tell us. Can I don't use QuickBooks? Can you guys tell us what's the deal with QuickBooks? Like, is it? It's meant for like sub billion dollar businesses probably sub million like right? a flower shop or a little agency or something well right? i think especially this side is like because i use like quickbook self-employed which is like a small you know like the small business version and yeah i mean it's just very basic right like you, you send the invoice people can pay through there you can you can um what's it called like I use it for like expenses. I'll like take a Scan picture of the receipt. That's actually probably the best part of it. That's the part that works for me roughly. Oh, the scanning? So it's not yeah. meant for a, 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 a crypto exchange which does $100 billion exactly. in volume. Exactly, <laughs> okay. exactly. That's Just wanted to even my size, it doesn't work very well. Like I have to manually match a bunch of stuff. So it's definitely the huge, not. The huge disparity is they're like building financial tools themselves, right? It's kind of a bizarre... It's just such a bizarre thing that they're like building financial software and then they use QuickBooks to run the business. It's like... Oh, you're talking about FTX, you're saying? They built an exchange. They built yeah. like financial software that is I guess though they didn't make accounting software, so maybe they just need to... But Yeah, I, 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 that's not that surprising to me, actually, because 
back office stuff is so boring, right? It's like yeah, that's yeah, why you just rather pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Fifty nine bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? That's what it is. That's I think. hilarious. It's like, it's like probably, probably they the were paying plan. like forty bucks a month for the. For oh the my class. god! Hilarious. You're so right. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like literally the proper way to spend our investors' money, boys. Yeah. <laughs> running lean. We yeah, they, running. we heard it from them, them yeah, themselves, we didn't we? Well, I mean, some of the things uh, from uh, this congressional hearing from John J. Ray are, are quite uh, quite suggested that they weren't necessarily running so lean. So I'll give you guys a couple of the highlights that just came out. Uh, so FTX operated as one company. So there's actually no real distinction between Alameda and FTX. And uh, this has been released before, but hearing John J. Ray talk about it is pretty crazy. He's like, the money was just like, there, there was no separation. You sent money to FTX, it was going to Alameda, right? Uh, no controls whatsoever. Um, a number of loans, we, we've seen the loans, but this one's crazy. On some of the loans, SPF was both the loaner and the recipient of the loan. Like that's how they wrote it in their QuickBooks. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, what? So is it like, like from one account to another? Is yeah, that what it is? just absolutely crazy. And uh, I mean, they go through this whole thing. A lot of this has come out, but I think it's interesting now to talk about uh, the indictment, the criminal indictment against Sam Bankman-Fried. So let's let's revisit some of our predictions, boys. So we were quite critical of the mainstream media when it came out. But I, I think we were pretty measured on the authorities. Like, I know that we talked in the past, we're like, why is this guy not arrested right now? So I'll give you guys actually a quick uh, comparison. The biggest comparison people had was Bernie Madoff was arrested on day one. That's what I said too. I'm like, this guy was arrested as soon as the whole thing unraveled. But this is why he was arrested. Because he went to his sons. He's like, guys, I've been running upon this scheme for 30 years. Can you please call the FBI? He literally just said, I did it, right? Whereas SBF has been, as we've seen over the past month, on his apology tour with New York Times, Good Morning America, all these Twitter spaces, he's basically just trying to throw Caroline, the CEO of Alameda, under the bus. So what I want to say is this. And say that guys, it was accountancy errors, uh, yeah, accountancy which now we know they're using QuickBooks. Yeah. Makes <laughs> so a little bit more sense. Uh, so let me, Bilal, let me ask you. Did you think that the gears of justice were not moving or were you measured? Cause I actually don't remember your feelings on it. And then I'd like Jack to answer uh, that question. Yeah, too. I think probably similar to, uh, well, I was actually talking about this yesterday. The, the, one of the problems of doing a podcast and doing the amount of podcasts we do and the hours you record is that some of this stuff is developing, you know, it's yeah. all, most, most of it is developing all the time. So the first time we recorded on this, I remember saying, I mean, it was the first day, right? So we didn't have much information. It was where the tweets just went out. And my opinion at the time, I remember saying, which now completely don't agree with, was, oh, it sounds like at least he's trying to do best for yeah, customers. Do you remember that? That was back, the first. Yeah. And we were all kind of leaned into that. So then after that, yeah, obviously, since then, lots more came out, even 24 hours later. And since then, I have thought, like, more so the press was it felt like he was getting softball after softball. He was still going to be speaking at this event. He kept like being invited on to speak at different places. So I was, I kind of had more of a problem with the way the press weren't being super harsh on him. On the, on the government side, yeah, there were also things where the government could have been harsher in their language and stuff, but I didn't really know what was going on in the background, right? Like it yeah. does, it, it's not something that happens instantly. So I didn't really have much of an opinion, to be honest. It's like lasagna, they move in silence. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. But yeah, what about, what about you, Jack? Yeah, I think the same thing, basically echo that the, 
the idea that that was put the arrest was going to happen the day after this stuff came out i think it was like fantasy land for a number of reasons and like now the narrative's getting tied up there's like oh twitter made this happen right like citizen journalism on twitter made this happen i think there's probably some truth to that i think uh just made a lot of people look stupid the way he was going about his apology tour or whatever you want to call it like might have even bought himself a few more months if he hadn't been going on twitter spaces and you know kind of drawing attention to it over and over and over again and basically admitting to a crime right like negligence is not the criminal negligence is still a crime he's just yeah. trying to make it sound like it wasn't like pure fraud from the very beginning yeah like still bankruptcy a crime. like but you know the idea of a company going bankrupt is not necessarily a crime but a company of this nature and the way in which funds were used that had been there's obviously some legal agreement between the customer and ftx that they weren't gonna gamble away their money and they did that so seems like fraud regardless of the location of this thing happening i think that was another reason why it maybe it happened a little slower because he's in the bahamas right oh that's a great point well here let uh, me let me give you a good, great example of burning me off at thirty six thousand creditors ftx will have over a million most of them are wow. international. So to your point, right? It's like- That's I wild, think man. Wait, can you say that number again? A million versus what? A million versus 37,000. Wow. And the 37,000, I'm assuming they were mostly probably high net worth yeah, individuals high and stuff. net worth individuals. Because you guys remember the Bernie scheme was basically like, he's like uh, uh, hitting a lot Rich of old retirees and yeah. like uh, kind of family office types. Being, oh, when Gary 15, and then for FTX, it's everyone. It's literally it's anyone everyone. who opened an account. Yeah, there's mm. like a Vietnamese cat down right now in Da Nang, hoping that he can get a couple dong back, right? And this, this is the truth. Like they yeah, hit up crazy. everyone all over the world. Um, that's a great point, Jack. It's like, uh, I mean, this thing, I definitely thought at the initial, like getting caught up in the in the Twitter hype. I'm like, why is this guy not arrested? Oh, this is such a like corruption of justice. Um, but then you read uh, what happened with Bernie. He just straight up admitted it. And uh, and. But although it does sound like his his scheme was somehow more complicated. So for people who don't know, Bernie Madoff literally just had a checking account. Like at one point it had like five billion dollars in it. And he was just like paying people out of a checking account. It just, like like, it just seems like why would that not set off a flag at the bank? Or I well, guess there's uh, just JP Morgan uh, got fined. Uh, they were they were co- they were complicit in the sense of they had no controls because people forget, but Bernie was like the chairman of the NASDAQ. Like he was extremely well-established, um, uh, uh, you know, elite circles type of guy, kind of like SBF. Um, yeah. Anyways, man, the, the gears of justice are grinding. I can walk through what he's being hit with right now. Uh, it's pretty significant, actually. So uh, from uh, Genevieve Rock Dektar, uh, she's been doing great covering this. So uh, eight facing eight charges, Sam is in a criminal indictment. So wire fraud, securities fraud, money laundering, and campaign finance violation. <laughs> this guy yes. is go- Okay. Yeah. First charge, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Okay? So this one is straightforward. He just took the customer deposits, gave it to Alameda. Illegal. Terms of service says you can't do that. Um, and then the next one is uh, fire, uh, wire fraud uh, with lenders. So he was borrowing money uh, from different parties and it was all under false pretenses. Presumably Binance was one of these parties. We don't know actually with the FTT tokens and uh, conspiracy to commit commodities fraud. 
So this one's kind of ironic because he was working with the Commodities uh, Futures uh, Commission to kind of, you guys remember when we had uh, had the former president of FTX US who dodged this trade? Yeah. Brett Harrison. Uh, well, we, we don't know fully yet. I'm assuming he did. Oh, yeah, but that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah enough, enough. It hasn't fully come out. But yeah, um, I mean, hopefully he wasn't involved with that. But yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, money laundering, securities fraud. They, they threw the kitchen sink at him. Uh, apparently these in total... Uh, is life in prison uh, if if they get hit on every count. And then uh, the thing that is of note is uh, the U.S. is using their extradition authority. Uh, so Buco Capital, who we've referenced in the past, ha- made a number of comments, which are pretty funny. He's like, funny in light of how awful this all is. He's like, SBF is just like supposed to be this genius. He couldn't even like go to a country without extradition, right? Like this guy was like committing crimes, but doing the most bozo, like non-Bond villain stuff. Like he should have been, I don't know what countries had no extradition. I think Dubai doesn't or, or UAE. But uh, yeah, this guy was uh, out there committing crimes and uh, sure enough, was in uh, covering all his tracks. So uh, that's where we are. Gears of justice are moving. Uh, I think we were all quite measured boys, <laughs> except for episode one when we didn't know. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same with uh, Bilal here. Like, it's fast moving, and even whatever we're saying now, who knows, right? We, who knows if he makes a state side? So or when he does. Do you think? I guess the question I have is the way I'm reading the reporting on it now. Like there was a this morning there was a you know New York Times push notification like which is the main mainstream right and there's bbc's written writing about it obviously it's like big news and i do see like i think it's obviously going to be just generally terrible not a positive thing for crypto in terms of perception not necessarily long term in terms of actually pushing an industry forward if it's ever going to be the things that were promised but um just in terms of like the regular person you know, like I, th- I think even in like the bull market where the whole world, everything's up from stocks to real estate to, to crypto, NFTs were going crazy. Even at that moment, there were so many cynics and people were like, oh, that stuff's a fraud. It's a Ponzi scheme. And now we're in a bear market. Everything's down. Um, and add to that, there's a massive high profile case. And the, the titles of the headlines are like crypto boss um you know fraud whatever those three words put together which obviously for an average person they're just going to read crypto boss it sounds like he's the boss of crypto right so like <laughs> yeah like, like he's the ceo of crypto so uh yeah i mean is there anything else on that boys though um that was the only thing i wanted to add i just say i think long we've talked about this before in past episodes like how much does this change uh, you're filtering out a lot of bad actors and people that are staying are just kind of the 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 real builders, quote unquote. I mean, it's it's not looking, it's pretty grim right now, but we've talked about it, boys, 10, 20 years, okay? If you wanted to put a million dollars somewhere and you wanted a hunt and you wanted a hundred years from now, what would you do? What what did sailors say? <laughs> what can you do? What are you gonna put sugar, in real estate? Sugar Two percent of the government every year? Yeah. 50 years gone. Your investment's gone. What are you putting in gold? bringing 5% of the new gold uh, supplies coming out every year. But in the U.S. dollar, 98% of the U.S. dollar will be gone. <laughs> you no, could just be no. 70% down in Bitcoin instead. So yeah, uh, exactly. that's, the, that's the other way to do it. But anyway, yeah, well, I mean, we'll be watching it obviously closely. What we were saying before the show, we wanted to cover this because uh, obviously it's like a big story in the space. Though everyone's like reading about it everywhere. And we know like this has been going on for a while now, but... Yeah, one we last want to thing. give you I guys do have one last update. thing Go just on. to give people like a timelines. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
uh, uh, Theranos. So just give an idea how long these things take. Is uh, the story for Wall Street Journal broke in 2015? Uh, John Carreyrou was the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, reporter who broke the story. Uh, she was kind of removed and uh, not allowed to do medical related stuff. 2016, she wasn't indicted until 2018, so three years after. So, like comparatively, maybe also because SBF wouldn't shut the fuck up, and uh, also because a lot of this stuff was on chain, right? Like that. This is where the citizen journalism comes into play, right, Jack? And and yeah, you had a million people that lost money. Oh yeah, yeah. That had oh, Twitter right. accounts. Like that's right. yeah. That's, Theranos, that's, that's a big point, right? Because the Theranos did faulty tests for I think hundreds of thousand people, but the reality CBS is isn't of, tweeting out about yeah, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's such a great point. Uh, that these that's a great point, man. So the trial didn't even happen until twenty twenty one. So six years later, um, and, and I'm actually I don't I I'm not sure which one is actually worse because the Elizabeth. Uh, Holmes one was really bad because she was giving bad 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 blood tests, which could then lead to harm. Also, I mean, uh, massive harm like health wise yeah. to lots of people. They were misdiagnosed and stuff like that. Exactly, like, they didn't catch something that they should have. The worst caught. case scenario, exactly like you said, is like told being told that you weren't pregnant when you wore, uh, being told that you didn't or you had HIV or like something like that nature, right? Some illness when you didn't have it. Like the amount of harm that you're creating. Yeah, or vice versa, and then you didn't treat it. Obviously, exactly. Right. So I guess the I mean, from that, from obviously from that, just that framing, it is worse, quote unquote. I think in the end, the amount of, because financial damage is also, I mean, you're ruining people's lives, right? Like you're completely, yeah, of course. You, the, the, the mechanism towards uh, how their life is ruined is not maybe as direct as health. Uh, eh, Theranos is worse. Uh, that's why, but she only got, she got 13 <laughs> but, years. But here, well, here's the thing. She didn't get, she didn't I don't get know. It. What, you don't know? Okay, go ahead. Hit it. I don't know. The actual human damage i don't know the scale of theranos so i don't know okay. but i'm imagining like physical harm has occurred as a function of ftx uh, like yes bankrupting oh, that's people true. Yeah, yeah. whether yeah. they've jumped out of a window or they've like they're in a position now where they can't take care of things that they used to like there's huge <laughs> ripple effects that are like Fair hard enough. to even fathom at yeah. that scale yeah they're both te- i mean yeah if people are using this as their bank account a lot of people right yeah like Oh, so, they can't go like they're literally their livelihoods and who knows no, where they, yeah you're right you're right you're right i'm not saying i don't think we can accurately say one yeah, is yeah, worse than the other ter- I, they're, both, they're both to me they're both 10 out of 10 by, man they're just yeah yeah terrible. psychopathic maniac like horrendous uh disregard for other people's well-being yeah that's what i put yeah that's a great point that's, yeah, all right fair well, enough, uh, man. hopefully yeah hopefully justice is served there and we'll be following that along um, boy, should we move on to the next topic? So we're wrapping up the year soon. We'll be, we'll be recording most likely throughout the Christmas period and be able to put some episodes out. So we might do a full-on wrap of the year, but we're going to do a little preview of that today with kind of the best things we've seen this year. Um, because uh, I was just saying to you guys in the group chat, did you guys watch White Lotus? Because that just finished this weekend. And I don't want to give, I guess people, there's some people would have watched it and other people might plan to watch it. So I don't want to give any like things Let's just away. Let's talk about the themes of this show. How about yeah. that? Did so, you, you watch it too, right? I've seen both. Uh, okay. Bilal, let me, let me ask you. Um, so you, you saw both, you're, you're done, you've seen both. Uh, yeah, Jack, yeah. have you seen either season? 
I watched like first 10 minutes of the first episode and I turned couldn't it off. couldn't get into it. Okay. Said, mm, All right, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I will it does now, get now. better. You, you got it get now. pressured into yeah. it, so I'll do You're it You're getting pressured into it, just like, how, just like how the uh, Southern District in New York was pressured into indicting uh, SPF. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right, yeah. Peer pressure, uh, mate. Bilal, let me let me grill you then. So would this be your favorite show of the year? Because we'll just make this a favorite show segment. Probably just because my memory is like a goldfish and yeah. I can't remember what else. I've, I've watched so many good things this year, but they, this, because it just finished, especially the second season. I mean, the first season was great, but the second season for me was just like, really, they've got out? such a unique stuff. Yeah, go on. Do you yeah, want to give a summary? Let me I'll ask you why uh, yeah. you love the second season. So for the people, listeners and viewers that haven't seen White Lotus, it's an HBO show. Interesting background, actually. So the first season came out during COVID and it's a six episode mini season. It was only intended to be one kind of a season. Uh, HBO wanted to keep making content, uh, but it was COVID. They didn't know where to film. So they went to Mike White. Uh, he's a really well-known writer, a producer, director. Uh, he did School of Rock. Uh, he did Freaks and Geeks, uh, kind of like these culty type of uh, comedy, but really human stories. And they went to him. He's like, would you do six episodes for us to do? I don't know. We need to film somewhere. What are our options? He's like, well, the four seasons in Hawaii says that we can probably film safely there. Just everybody has to quarantine. Oh, right? I didn't realize that's that. That's the real, that's, that's the sick. reason they went to an island. Okay. So this is the etymology. This is the, the story behind the making of the show. So Mike is during COVID. Everything else has been shut down in Hollywood. He's like, I'm desperate. I want to do anything. Funny story about Mike White, the creator and writer of the show is he was... Uh, he's he went second on survivor the survivor reality show so oh, some wait. of those yeah That's so hilarious. some of those elements of survivor are in the show white lotus so this is not a spoiler alert but the first season in the first episode of both seasons people but here's a see, spoiler no, no you see dead bodies right so <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it sets up the rest of the season it's like a who done it who died and why is like the whole premise for both shows but this is not a thriller dark thing like it's like it's a very human story. Lots of comedy. Um, yeah, and, the comedy uh, for me is what kind of makes it exactly. very unique because the style of comedy, like there's, it's basically quite a dark It's adult story. comedy, right? It's like yeah, adult it's adult comedy. comedy. Exactly. Well, let, let, let's throw this. Blah. So season one was in Hawaii. It, it did really well. And they re-upped it for season two, which is in Italy, around Sicily. With completely uh, new cast too, pretty much, except for cast. one character. Hey, hey, spoiler alert, buddy. No, uh, they're, basically, they're, they're basically turning into like anthologies. Uh, there's going to be a season three. It'll be in another location. It's like the greatest show ever uh, idea. Like, you know, if yeah, you're a director. Yeah, because you can just keep going, basically creating new shows. Yeah. And so they spent six months filming in Italy. So the next one's going to be who knows where, but it'll be out of four seasons, out of five-star four seasons. Um, so I'll throw this. Blah. You mentioned of it. Some of the themes are extremely adult all right so the first season touched on a uh, money uh, money was a big one this is what mike white said second season is more on sex uh third season he is tbd what he wants it to be about but i'll throw it to you below uh, tell us why you like white lotus what really stood out to you without spoiling the, it yeah one of my favorite things is like i'm obviously humor we've talked about this before we all one of the things that brings us all together on the pod is we all are fan of, fans of comedy and so for me any show that is quite smart with the humor, I generally am at least interested in. And then when I watch it, if it hits, it hits. And what I like about this is 
there's lots of dark stuff happening right and like in another show this could just be like a scary show where you're like oh someone's gonna get killed or something crazy like that but this it never feels that crazy it just feels kind of like light-hearted and fun and even, even like the soundtrack dying, right? exactly yeah, the right. soundtrack you're kind of laughing um and like yeah so that i kind of really like and just yeah the characters there's so many cool characters and like subplots going on and it's not like there are but there are other shows which i would say like oh wow like it's a 10 out of 10 for storytelling and like weaving together all these different complex things um you know like succession or you know like even billions and stuff like that i really love how all those kind of come together this i wouldn't put on that level but they the style of humor is kind of what i like about it and uh, let, they just let me throw this out, here. out yeah i'd like to pepper you with this class is a big topic on both seasons mm, like yeah, the that's a idea of class point, yeah. right uh, uh of uh, uh so in season one this is not a spoiler but one of the main characters uh is married to like a trust fund kid and like she herself is like an aspiring new york liberal uh that thought that she'd write the next great American novel. Liberal, but yeah, the whole yeah, point yeah. is like there's there's all these ideas of class right and a, a good thing i read about uh the show was how in both seasons, they kind of show you what these upper-class individuals look like, like the true trust fund kids, like 500 million to a billion. And like, just their lives, are they're brutal in the sense of like, the time, they're pathetic, like things they worry about. And it sounds like Mike's like trying to drag these individuals. Like when you go on vacation, he, he's putting you in their shoes. You know when you go on vacation? And you're, I play that game. I'm like, I'm guessing how rich some people are when I go on vacation, right? <laughs> He's counting the pockets, yeah. Yeah, looking, looking at, looking at the the footwear they're doing. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a great setup. Uh, the class issue is big. Season two is big on uh, uh, the issue of sex, and uh, I gotta say, like, they hit some of those themes so hard. Like, I'm watching it with the misses, and it's just getting real. I'm like, ooh. You know when you're watching something funny, and you're yeah, like, yeah. the topic comes up, you're like, oh, I don't really want to talk about this. Oh, shit, it's kind of awkward. Man, but, uh, it's like growing up in a Pakistani household. I don't know if you guys had similar, but there's... Well, Jack, have you seen Goodness Gracious Me? Which is an old BBC yeah, yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. For Trung, if, if you've never heard of it, it's the first time brown people were basically on their own show in the UK. It was like a really kind of like cult classic everyone loved it and they used to do these skits and one of the skits was just this ongoing joke where there'll be something that comes on tv and there's a family watching and then they would like look at each other and they're like oh this doll is very nice and they like completely change the topic <laughs> like, right and it's to, just, like not watch yeah Dude. yeah they're like and that would happen in my house for sure like literally you would die for the remote control <laughs> and you and all they're like kissing and you're like yeah we gotta Wait, switch you the channel know right what now. i'm talking about though right it's like ridiculous. some when you're watching a show and it gets a little bit real you're like, you're oh, like okay yeah, this is getting a bit this is not what i want to be discussed this is not the energy that i want to be well, uh what i was gonna say is to last few weeks i was at the in-law spot right and that was a similar oh, yeah. thing where we started watching this and uh they're generally pretty they pretty good sports but like the, the my girlfriend's mom was just like saying out loud to her husband my girlfriend's dad like well they show sex nowadays on tv and it's like <laughs> oh god am i like seven years i feel Very so funny show. right now but yeah. yeah that was pretty funny anyway but yeah th th you mentioned it there just like uh, it's quite interesting to hear your point of view because you've written you know, like screenplay, I don't know what you call, you wrote a film, you've been writing TV shows, stuff like that, and you're obviously a writer, and comedy specifically, so to hear you kind of break it down like that is quite interesting, because I wasn't really necessarily thinking about it in oh, that detail. Yeah, no. I'll tell you something funny, is like, uh, 
because I have, you know, I've done this from the other side of it, it does kind of ruin your experience a bit. Like you're like analyzing the characters and thinking about the themes. Like, geez, can I just enjoy this thing? Yeah, yeah. Like you're um, writing an essay the next step. Matt, exactly. I have the same where, you know, when uh, with sound and video, because I'm like so hyper aware of like when sounds off or something. So ah. like I'll be watching the scene and you know, when they're over someone's shoulder and you can see their faces, their faces moving, it's not synced with the audio. And uh, that, yeah, that, that really, that really I was calling out, and my girlfriend's like, "What are you talking about? Like that's so weird." So, <laughs> anyways, I'll, I'll, let, yeah. let me say this about uh, White Lotus uh, because my, here's a running joke. I mean, you guys probably appreciate this. How many times you get recommended something? Oh, you have to listen to this. You have to watch this. Every time, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the list." There's no list. I don't have a list. I tell you, I'm putting a list. I'm being polite, and I'm never gonna watch it. Like Jack's like, oh, "I gotta watch it now." He's never gonna watch it. But uh, uh, this one, I would say, is watchable because. Uh, it's not a huge commitment. Six episodes, uh, season one, seven episodes, season two. And uh, and it's it. It's it's contained and you're done. So that's what I appreciate about it. That's one of my favorite show of all time. Actually, it's probably Law and Order. It's just you can pick up any episode over 20 seasons, right? Each episode yeah. is self-contained. Um, nice. But uh, Jack, best thing you saw in 2022? It wasn't made in 2022, is that right? That's fair, yeah. Is it the Michael Saylor series? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it the What is Money series? Uh, that was last year or, or the year before. Whenever we started this, that was it. Now, um, have you seen The Great? I have not. No, I have not oh, seen man, that. you got to watch it. It's, uh, I think it's on Hulu. I don't know who actually made it originally, but it's like a fictionalization of Catherine the Great infiltrating the russian oh. royal family and it's funny as hell. trunks alley as well it's yeah. funny as hell man so um, Wait, it's, it's funny or is it yeah, meant yeah, to be yeah. A... so it's well the, i'm gonna add that i'm actually i actually who... do have a list i'm legit gonna add it yeah. to my right now <laughs> i think i think you boys will like it i can't remember how we discovered it you maybe just saw it um it's got nicholas holt you know that guy below who was uh skins yeah I'm yeah sure. yeah I'm sure he's done stuff that he wouldn't Skins want is Skins quite to be an at the top of the list. Trunk, that needs a trunk, um, uh, a thread. The the amount of talent that came out of Skins <laughs> in the UK. isn't Didn't um, Dev Patel come from there as well? Or like Dude, you gotta, you, I, I am so... Uh, I don't know enough about British... I mean, because you guys... Keep, like every third episode would be like, Tro, you guys remember this? Dude, yeah. the only thing I know from the uh, British is like uh, Faulty Towers and The Office. So I need oh, to get yeah, on top classic, of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you boys got to watch it. It's like she, it's like an organized marriage-ish type thing. She ends up there. The guy's a complete prick, obviously. And like, it's her trying to basically ascend and put her influence into the future of Russia as a country. Oh, this Man, sounds it's, very interesting. It's, yeah. it's how many? How many seasons? What's the commitment I need to walk myself into here? There, I think there's two seasons. Oh, that's so not bad. So you're looking at about 20 hours. Okay. That's not bad, actually. 8.2 on IMDb, which I... Well, the, I last was, thing, the last thing that me and Jack did agree right, on was yeah. Yellowstone. We, we chat about that earlier Love this year. Oh, my goodness. I still yeah. haven't watched it. And it's been, that has been actually on my list Put as well. Put it on the list. Rotten yeah, Tomatoes yeah. given uh, The Great 94. So wow. uh, I, wow. I actually will put that on this because I actually do have Hulu. <laughs> it's yeah, good, same. man. It's good. Uh, he Nicholas Holt and and she's great. Her name is uh, Anne Fan. No, L Fanning. She's class, and he is funny as hell, man. He pl like okay. plays the King of Russia. It's I'm actually gonna great. put this down. 
love right, it man. that's a good man you gotta add that to your actual list man i've got a whole movies and tv list mate that's that's gotta be can you, that, ring you never a, get to r- r- them. rip off some names for us what's on that list oh, wait i'll pull up while you start telling us yours for the year what was yours and i'll pull out uh, my list I, i'm blah, i'm exactly the same as you we right, right before the chat uh, for the listeners Bilal was like, can I just pick White Lotus? And like, can I make that mine? I'm like, damn, that's what I wanted to do. Because yeah, I'm the same. I'm goldfish, dude. I don't even know. I literally just thought about what did I watch this year. Um, I really liked House of Dragon. Um, the HBO, also HBO, obviously the prequel to Game of Thrones. There's some big problems in it. As in, uh, they did some major time jumps. Like, you could jump like 10 years between episodes, which is just insane to me. Um and I also ruined it for myself because I've never read the books, but then I went on like the Game of Thrones wiki and just read what happened to every character. <laughs> do you guys ever do that? You're like, I, I can't really get into this. And then you just, just read. Just read the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm definitely on IMDb for, more so. You do that? I do that for I go and like, see movie. the random trivia and I'm like, <laughs> while we're watching a film, it's so annoying that I do it. But like, I kind of, like sometimes when the movie's a little boring, I'll like just pull it up because it yeah. entertains me. I'm sucked. You know what? I think I'm at the point where uh, especially with the kid, there's just so much finite content, right? That, that's the thing we always talk about. It's like, there's only so much content you can watch. I like watching stuff that other people watch because I want to fucking meme about it, right? I want to talk about it. And that means that I'm going to be doing the corny, cliche appointment viewing stuff. House of Dragon comes out, I'm going to watch it because I know people want to talk about it. White Lotus is coming out, I know people are going to talk. Succession? Bro, I got to have those memes on the ready yeah, yeah. when Succession hits. Succession it's is probably the last right the real in your niche, one. Mate. Yeah, exactly. The oh, fi- yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Finance, media. By, uh, by the way, perfect. did you watch uh, Pepsi, Where's My Jet? That was like a trans no, thread in We were talking about form. this, that we need well, to watch that. Yeah, I've had a number of people tell me about it and that, uh, well, also Jack specifically said, you got to watch this. It's, it's yeah, yeah, I think you'll like it, but like the way... What's the premise well, for the listeners? I can do a little know. spoiler alert yeah. on it. So there was a ad campaign in the 90s that Pepsi ran that where you collect labels off the bottles or the cans and you could trade them in for pepsi merchandise and they ran a tv ad where at the end of the ad there was a harrier jump jet and it said it was seven million pepsi points to claim a harrier jump jet and this one kid called him on it oh he got seven million points yeah he called him on it there was no no, uh there was no um, disclaimer on the ad or anything got legal representation except i won't ruin it beyond that but it's like a four episode documentary i think i thought it was absolutely did he class. get the jet just tell us uh, uh, spoiler i'm not telling alert. you i'm spoiler, not telling you that's okay, a spoiler yo, alert mate. spoiler alert listeners turn it off if you don't want to know <laughs> no. i'm not okay. telling you okay you have to i want watch people it to watch now. it because it's a nice it's a great piece of art yeah you don't so want you to mess, go that. Watch it. mess with that and actually trunk i realized one thing i did watch early in the year that which isn't uh, which wasn't as fresh in my mind was Top Boy, which was on Netflix season four oh, that man. came out British? in March 2022. Another yeah, British that was, cat? but that was a massive, massive show. If you never watched it, um, it's on Netflix. Drake was the executive producer, mm. and uh, it you was watch one of them. All of them, man. Go back to the start. Yeah, watch it all. Wow. Go, so the story there is there were two seasons on I think Channel Four in the UK, and there's uh, one of Jackson and I's one of our favorite. Uh, musicians Kano he he's an he's a character in there and he's actually one of the best characters yeah incredible absolutely and then uh yeah there's but the first two seasons were I think maybe like 2011 or maybe even before that I can't remember and they were just classic like gritty it's like a London crime show 
Um, oh, you got to tell me about it earlier in the year, yeah. Top Boy. Yeah. But they and that was really really good the first two seasons. But they and then eventually Drake like found it on YouTube and was watching it. Was like, oh, I love this show. What? And he tweeted, I think, to um, a few of the the two people, saying like, when's the next season coming out? And they were like, oh, it's done. And then they went to, teamed up and went to Netflix. And How boss is that? Yeah, that's like, pretty gangster, where's, right, yeah. were you, the three of us are just, the majority of people just plebs watching and then talking about it on podcast. Yeah. Go, oh, I like this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Let I me make a new season of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And then- Man, they, How good was Dave in that as well? Uh, Dave, wow. incredible. Yeah, oh, amazing. Mate. These lads are just ridiculously talented. They're so talented. So I was going to say I was going to drop a uh, left field example for the best watch of 2022. Fred again, Boiler Room. Oh wait, that's a great shot. That's wait. a music drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Boiler a live. Be, okay, okay, okay. No, it's a live set of a. Uh, this guy. I mean, I don't even know how to describe him. as like DJ producer. So artist, talented. Just an incredibly. He's talented kind of taken over right now. UK. Like he's really taken over. Like he's. But yeah, mate, that, I, I think uh, me and Jack had shared it with each other because he's basically, it's, uh, if you heard of Boiler Room, they're kind of like around the world, they'll host these parties essentially and they'll record or live stream the DJ set. But basically it's a DJ in the middle and like just people all around them. And somehow they make the sound so good where you hear the pure music, but then you've got enough of the ambient noise. So you can be listening to it while you're doing work or something and you have it on in the corner. And there's one moment where this, um, this, this dude, this Asian dude like accidentally presses the button and he pauses the music and everyone normally would be like, oh my God. But the guy just like does a perfect little transition, starts again, hugs him and like makes his night. And it's just, yeah, it's actually one of the best things I've seen actually this year. That's a great shout. If, and I'm not even like, I like that sort of music, but I don't know enough about it. I don't know most of the artists names, but when I hear it, I'm like, okay, especially live like that. It's like a next level it's like really cool to see someone just in their element like just smashing it um yeah, so yeah be huge. huge yeah yeah massive yeah yeah and then trunk so yeah did you have one apart from white lotus or you want to cap it at that well uh, just a house of dragon uh which i talked oh, about yeah. oh yeah well, uh, you talk about transition here's how about this for a good transition well i mentioned how, we go. We go. how there wasn't enough you know like appointment viewing or the monoculture where everybody watches one thing well one of them's coming up boys this weekend, Avatar 2. There we go. 13 <laughs> years in the making. So James Cameron has been working on Avatar 2 for 13 years. Early reviews are that the special effects are absolutely insane, but I'm going to be watching it on my iPhone, so I'm not going to see any of those effects. Yeah. So I'm going to be watching my iPhone in like a year, which is the reality. Is this one going to be 3D again? Because the original one, They're gonna have that the was IMAX like the hype version. of 3D. Yeah, that was like the... Dude, that stuff is just so disorienting. I hope it's not like requirement. Isn't it so funny how like the 3D was a thing for like six months yeah. and everyone realized you get a headache? I think I even bought like a 3D TV for my house <laughs> and I'd be at home like an absolute well, pleb wearing head of the curve <laughs> absolutely i was trying to watch a football match with 3d it gave me a headache and i had to stop it was so ridiculous will you guys will you guys watch avatar 2 in theater i probably no. i probably will go watch it i, I know not. jack's not a fan yeah. I, I think just because i to be fair i haven't really gone to the theater to watch anything for a yeah. long time but if i was gonna go they're normally I, I don't know how good it's supposed to be but did you no, watch at least, maverick do you watch maverick oh, in i was just gonna maverick say in cinema, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, i didn't okay. watch it in the cinema that was the last one actually 
Yeah. I would have. That one, IMAX. Okay. That would have been a good IMAX. I right? watched Did you that drive-through movie theater in oh, Brooklyn. That's cool. Fair enough. That's, that's smart. It's like Sound how would you, you go in on a bike? On my feet, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> drove through on my train. No, you, you can also go and like there's people driving up, and then you can you can tune your radio and listen to the sound, which is probably better than the sound I was listening to because it's just out. Which sounds really cool and romantic. It was actually on my birthday. My girlfriend took me. Oh, and, uh, it was yeah, it was quite a fun evening, but you can't hear shit. So by the way. <laughs> By the way, yeah. drive-through cinemas don't work anymore. You know why? Because you can't turn off all the lights on a dashboard on a new car. So I went to one. Oh, I rented really? a car. I rented a car. We, me and Celia were upstate. This is a couple of years ago. When um, what was that Brad Pitt film that came out? It was like three hours long. Um, one on the train and stuff. Or no, it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was called. Oh yeah, yeah, with yeah, Leo, yeah, with yeah. Leo. So a great, a great drive-through film. And we had this rental car and like you have to turn the radio on. You've got the, the dashboard is like blinding you with all the shit coming up. <laughs> oh, the light and on then, the inside. And then it's going ding, ding, ding because you got the, the ignition on and the, you're not wearing your seatbelt. Mate, it's such that an amazing idea. But unless you've got like a, an 80s motor, you can't yeah. enjoy it. Like there's people with their pickup trucks backed up, you know. Or like a 92 pickup truck Enjoying it properly, yeah. And I'm there like trying to like... Put my Put take my jump tape off, stuffing yeah. shit over the lights, everything is just a nightmare, man. It's true. So, it's one uh, of those things that sounds like a great idea, and it is like a nice old classic idea. Man, but then idea sometimes theory, watching but... like a sick movie in a real theater with a crazy screen <laughs> yeah. is yeah. much better. It's just like after yeah. a two, though, like here's the thing: me and Jack are parents. You're asking us to carve the movie's three hours, and then we got to carve out thirty minutes each way. And then another hour to like, big ask. you're asking for five hours, James, Jim Cameron, right. Canadian, by the way, Canadian. So uh, what happened with him recently? Because uh, Jack mentioned, so what the, he, he went off on one recently, didn't he? All right. Uh, let me get the actual language. All right, so or let me, let me set some context for uh, uh, this, uh, this quote that Jack is about to throw up. Because James Cameron, for the listeners that don't know, he was a truck driver before he became a director. He was literally a truck driver. All right, that's and incredible, yeah. He went down to USC, University of Southern California, and every weekend, and he would photocopy Xerox, the filmmaking techniques. He said that he spent $120 on Xerox and just came out with binders of filmmaking techniques, and that's how he taught himself how to become a filmmaker. We started working with directors, but since then, he's made Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Aliens, The Abyss, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, like some of the greatest action movies ever. Uh, and that's a preamble to what Jack's about to say, apparently, is a recent quote. Well, Incredible. I think this is actually a very good commentary on the times in which we live, boys, because this quote has been taken verbatim, but... Now I've read a couple more paragraphs of it. <laughs> I think the point that he's making is maybe... What's the quote? What's the quote? What's the quote first? Misattributed. Yeah. So he okay. said, Avatar director James Cameron claimed that testosterone is a toxin that needs to be worked out of one system in a recent interview. And then follow-on quote says, I always think of testosterone as a toxin that you have to slowly work out of your system, he said. A lot of things I did earlier I wouldn't do career-wise and risks that you take as a wild testosterone poisoned young man cameron added which might mm, just okay. be you're a hot-headed yeah. person and you behave Reasonable. in a way very which different you to saying testosterone is evil no mention right. of testosterone which is what it probably sounded like on the yeah. first line so hey, it's listen. a perfect thing to pull out of context get elon to reply to and get both yeah. sides going absolutely <laughs> ape shit at each other right 10d chess he knows yeah. what he's doing <laughs> exactly um, right
Actually, let me let me take this opportunity then to talk about Titanic. If you guys want to talk about, I think Titanic was the last truly global global event. And that's not true. Endgame and Infinity Wars are up there, but Titanic the is global definitely global event. I think there's been a few. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you no, mean global movie, Hollywood, you Hollywood, oh, okay. Hollywood. Yeah. Sorry, man, I thought you missed yeah. something twenty years Sorry, ago, dude. but yeah. uh, you, don't take me out of context. Titanic was what year? Titanic was what 1997. year? No, that's the movie, but what? Oh, yeah, okay. So you're talking about movies still. There there are parts of it, though. I think for that generation, like we were probably a little bit young at the time because it came out in 97. Uh, But this film is, well, first of all, let me talk about the pitch that James Cameron had to make to the studio. So he goes into the studio and says, I need $200 million to make a movie. It would be the most expensive movie ever. This is uh, shortly after Waterworld. Do you guys remember Waterworld with Kevin Costner? Huge flop. One of the biggest flops <laughs> yeah. ever. So he goes Insanely in, expensive yeah, to make as well. Insanely expensive uh, water-based movie. So he goes to Fox and he says, this is James Cameron's pitch. It was actually an insane pitch. I want to make a period piece set in 1992 or 1912. There's going to be no sequel because we all know the boat crashes. There's not going to be a theme ride because no one wants to get on that theme ride. <laughs> There's going to be no merch. Uh, I need $200 million. And you can't have any established stars because the film is going to star young people. So he went to Foss with that pitch. Imagine how insane of a, a pitch that pitch, is. Yeah. Wait, was, was Leo not that big by this point already? He had done he was a kid, right? That. And yeah. He's only 22 years old. Kate Winslet was 21. So wow. So this kind of made the them. Up. Yeah, Leo was, oh, oh dude, it would be beyond made them, right? He's like, this is literally, yeah. they're still writing 30 years later. Um, oh, but sorry, wait, what did Leo do before you said? Did, did he have anything? Uh, Juliet? Uh, 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 he had done a couple things. He, the basketball he's definitely diaries, recognizable, yeah. but not he like had done, superstar. He's right. a child star. He had done some hard roles, but nothing. Mm. Like, there's never been anything like yeah, yeah. Titanic. was incredible. Titanic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he goes in this crazy pitch. Like, think about it, right? Everything you do now, you'd want sequels, you'd want theme parks, you want merch. None I love that you said the, the theme park thing. Sorry, because you're not <laughs> going on the log flume Titanic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know he, get wet he, on the Titanic. He literally said this in a Charlie Rose interview. It's like it was like the craziest pitch ever. And the studio is just like, oh, because he had just done True Lies, Terminator 2. So, like, he's got, he's, he's James Cameron, right? Uh, he's done some huge movies, and, but he'd never done something that was based around a love story. And, uh, and he's just like, okay, just let me write the script. So he writes the script. They read it. They're like, Ooh. the Fox people are like, the script is really good. <laughs> We're going to have to give this a try. So they go make it. And again, nobody thinks this movie can be done. But I'll do quickly of what made it. So right now it's ranked as, this is not inflation adjusted, but it's the third highest grossing movie of all time. Avatar is number one at $2.9 billion, Also James Cameron, that's in 2009. Avengers Endgame. 2.8 billion uh, 2019 Titanic is number three 2.2 billion Star well, you Wars said inflation it's not inflation justice not so inflation Titanic would be one probably no it probably well the number one is actually Gone with the Wind uh, I think Gone with the oh, Wind inflation okay. justice 4 or 5 billion but that's a reason that's an easy reason there's no other movies at that time Every literally everyone in America went to watch Gone in the Wind that was in the 30s uh, so Avengers Infinity War uh, is number five so just to give me an idea uh, Titanic is not a big like superhero space type of movie but it's number three and the reason it killed it it has the record for the most weeks at number one so it had 15 weeks at number one and it just gr- consistently grinded up 30 million here 40 million here because most of these blockbusters will pull in like like avengers will pull in like 300 million the first week right and then week two 50 percent drop 
Like typically for blockbusters, you put all the marketing power, all the hype in the in the opening weekend, and then you expect 30, 40% drop in week two. Titanic just grinded it out. And uh, a couple of the reasons why it did though, it was just interesting. I think uh, some lessons to be learned is uh, the film was supposed to come out in July, a lot more competition in the summer for blockbuster films, right? Uh, but the studio, so at this point it was Fox and Paramount because they wanted to split the cost. They basically said, James, Jim, if you're going to do this movie in July, we need you to cut 30 minutes. We're not doing a three hour and 15, uh, uh, three hour and 15 minute uh, uh, blockbuster in the summer. Nobody's going to play it. He's like, no, I want to play the entire movie. So we're like, okay, we'll give you a December date. But here's the key. In December, there's no competition. January, there's no competition. So it just kept rolling because every week there's no movie to go up against it. The closest it was taken down was week 12 when the uh, sequel to The Fugitive came out called U.S. Marshals. Uh, it, it beat U.S. Marshals by 800,000. Actually, funny enough, uh, week 13 before its week 15 streak ended, it almost lost to another Leo movie. Uh, have you guys seen The Man in the Iron Mask? I don't that think a, I have. Yeah, that's another Leo movie that almost took down Titanic, but uh, it did the 15-week run. And then the other thing I'll mention, uh, I'm writing more about this for my newsletter this weekend, but the last thing I'll mention of why it was such a big hit is uh, this might be an aha for some people, like it makes sense, but uh, there's something in Hollywood called the Four Quadrant movie. So there are four quadrants, and let me show you guys what that means. Imagine there's four quadrants, and it just means four demographics. The first quadrant is male, under 25, uh, second quadrants, male over 25. Then the same with female. Me, female under 25, female over 25. In Hollywood, a four-quadrant blockbuster is a movie that appeals to every one of those demographics. And if you think about Titanic, it actually appeals to every single demographic. It's a chick flick, Leo and Kate Winslet. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the perfect, uh, at first blush, you wouldn't think about it, but but then you're like, oh, how is how how would this appeal to young males? Special effects, disaster movie. How would it appeal to older people? Historical timepiece. So, three hours and fifty minutes. It hits every single one of those quadrants. And uh, I think there's a stat. I think the the chick flick part, which is what James Cameron called it, was a really big part of it. I think ten percent of females in America watched it twice, at least twice. I know a lot of dudes got their first kiss in that movie, man. I can tell you that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the formula. Oh wait, you you cut off for a second. You unplugged your mic in your sorry, yeah, sorry. Oh, that's sorry, a Very unlikely uh, when he pitched it, but uh, it was a four quadrant film. Uh, one of the Love 10 bagger, bagger, right, Tron? 10 bagger. Not a lot of competition around that time, but uh, it'll never happen again uh, of something of that nature. It was like truly a, a one one of a kind. That's what that he was. Uh, so go on, go on, Jack. What's uh, how much you know about the typical return on investment for movie making, Tron? Well, I can give you guys like the quick back of the napkin math. Uh, so interesting, James Cameron gave up his salary to do this. He, he was paid $8 million. And then as production happened, they're like, we're not going to be able to make this under budget. He's like, I don't care. I'm finishing this. I'm, give, I'm giving you the $8 million and I'm giving up some points. Like I'm going to get this thing done. He made some big sacrifices financially. But what I will say is this, like uh, regarding what you asked about uh, what they knew about financials is for a movie to break even. So whenever you hear a movie has a $200 million budget, multiply it by two. And what I mean is this, they usually put the same amount of marketing spend behind mm, the movie. Yeah, we did that one at one yeah, point, didn't we? You've done yeah. that? Okay, yeah. So you No, just we did have an to... episode on it, I'm saying. Oh yeah, right, right. So you uh that's it, right? You have to uh you like 
double your money. Just to break even, you have to double your money. And the one thing I will add about this, what I've heard with Avatar 2, is he told the studio that it will have to be one of the two or three highest grossing movies ever to make profit, which is, think about that. That means he's saying that this movie has to make $2 billion just to break even. So something insane to think about. Maybe the most expensive movie ever. Mm, maybe some testosterone had something to do with that, mate. <laughs> Dogged <laughs> persistence. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, yeah. But there we go, man. Damn. All right. All right, boys. I think that was a good way to wrap. Is there anything else on that before we wrap up, boys? That was we great, gonna, man. We were going to go watch the World Cup in a second. So, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Trung, you got your digits jerseys arrived, mate? Yeah. Which one are you going to wear? You're going to wear one on each shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we'll uh, uh wrap right, it up there i hope you guys enjoyed that this week obviously we're in the christmas period it's not as intense we're gonna be having a bit more fun over the next few weeks a little light-hearted stuff obviously um yeah stay we'll, we'll if have you, a year-end wrap though. we'll have a year-end wrap yeah we'll do a year-end wrap i was gonna say if you're not already in the telegram group make sure you join that because we may do some AMA questions or something as well towards the end of the year. So you can normally submit questions in the Telegram group. So watch out for that as well. And we appreciate all the love and support this year. And we will see you guys next week on the next one. Thank you. Thank you, nice guys. One. Thanks, awesome. Bye-bye.